0: Welcome to the Beyond Intuitive Eating podcast, hosted by me, Beth Basham. I am a registered dietitian, certified intuitive eating counselor, and liberated body coach. I'm also a wife and mama to two amazing little people. With over 20 years of experience, I help women bridge food freedom with optimal health using principles of intuitive eating, foundations of emotional mastery, functional medicine, and neuroscience. This is the space where you get to end the war with your body and discover total confidence and true health from the inside out. If there is one thing that holds women back from rejecting diet culture and giving themselves the opportunity to experience food freedom through the intuitive eating path, it's an intense and deeply rooted fear of what will happen to their bodies if they do so. Hey, and welcome back. I know you may just be getting to know me, but I have been working with women for over a decade on food and body image issues, and there is one thing I can say with absolute certainty, and that is that the fear of what will happen to our bodies if we let go of the diets and eating plans, it's an alive and real thing for the majority of women that I work with. And it was the case for me too. And it literally just came up in a client session I had yesterday. My client was feeling incredibly jazzed about intuitive eating and this idea of what it could do to help her feel more freedom with food and all other areas of her life. And after our first session, she felt super solid, ready to embrace this idea of rejecting diets and diet culture and really invite herself into this space of learning how to trust her body. But after a couple of weeks and in between our sessions, when life started lifing on her, as I like to say, her enthusiasm started to wane and it was replaced by a lot of up and down wavering energy, right? Some fear set in and she questioned if intuitive eating was really right for her. She actually told me that she was thinking about, hey, maybe I should just do a diet for a little bit, lose this 10 pounds, and then I can come back to the intuitive eating. And she told me that she wanted food freedom, but she just didn't know if it was possible. And she didn't know if she could have food freedom and also be healthy. And you know, I get this. I get this personally, and it's totally normal and really common. If all you've known for most of your life is that you do a food a certain way or else, then it makes sense that fear is going to come up. In fact, that emotion of fear is literally just your body and your nervous system trying to protect you and keep you safe. Its job is survival. Weird, right? But it's true. When it senses that you might shift directions, right? And in this case, learning how to trust yourself and not trust everybody else to tell you what to do. Guess what? The fear is. The anxiety, those anxious emotions around, uh, is this path right? Those feelings and emotions just get louder. Just like that little toddler (laughs) that comes up to you after you just told him that he couldn't have that lollipop, right? He's going to kick and scream for quite some time before he finally lets go. And fear is the same way. It will kick and scream. It's going to get really loud for a hot minute before it finally gives up. But you know, that's me getting on a small little side tangent. You're here because you want to know, despite the fear, is food freedom really possible in addition to having optimal health, right? Is there a bridge between the two? Can we have both? And I want to tell you just briefly and quickly here that yes, it totally is. And I have experienced it myself personally with my own body, but my clients have too. So I want to talk a little bit more about how I know this in this podcast today. So the first thing I want to say is that we were all born intuitive eaters. We were all born knowing what to eat, how much to eat, and we woke up into this world trusting ourselves. And I know this because I've heard it in the trainings that I've done, but I've also experienced it with my kids right? I see I have at the time of this recording, a little one-year-old and I also have a six-year-old, but my son, especially (laughs) he is so intuitive with his eating. I offer him a variety of foods and a, you know, a podcast on intuitive eating for kids is in my future, (laughs) but I offer him a variety of foods and I notice he eats just the right amount for his little growth. We go to the doctor and he's gaining weight as expected. And while I know there's always exceptions to what I'm sharing here, the truth is he doesn't have any medical conditions that affect his appetite and his growth at this current time. So he literally follows the cues of his bodies every single moment of the day. He eats when he's hungry. He stops when he's full. He truly trusts himself. And while he can't express that with words, He tells me when he's done eating. He tells me when he's hungry with little sign language things we've taught him and little grunts and, uh, 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 right? (laughs) He makes the noises to tell me what he needs. And around the age of three or four is usually when many of us start to lose this trust, right? Sometimes it happens a little later, on occasion, a little earlier, depending on our introduction to trauma or life circumstances that make it difficult for us to access food, right? But for the most part, so many of us start to lose this innate trust around the age of three to five. And this happens because mom and dad say, you know, or caregiver say, you know, you got to eat this or you got to eat that. Um, It's not uncommon to say you got to eat your veggies before you leave the table or no, 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 we can't have ice cream tonight. It's not good for you. These messages start to infiltrate us at this very young age, right? And it's not our fault. It's our caregivers just doing the best that they can. We never want to look to them and be like, oh, it's their fault, right? It's not. They're just doing what they find is best. And truth be told, as a parent, I want my child to be healthy too. I feel these voices creep in when I'm feeding my kids. Hmm, how do I get them to eat more vegetables? How do I manage their sugar intake? But at the end of the day, when we can see that trust was part of us when we were little and we can foster that trust, it we would never have to seek out this this path to food freedom in the first place. The good news is, well, let me start with the bad news. The bad news is, is that most of us (laughs) were talked out of self-trust from an early age, right? Especially when it comes to trusting ourselves with food and trusting ourselves to take care of our bodies. The good news is, is that we can regain that trust. It's still in there. It's still deep inside of you. And this means that when you can start to regain this trust, You will learn, well, I don't even want to say learn, you will develop ways of taking care of your body and fostering your health in the best ways possible as this trust is relearned. And I can say this with absolute certainty because I've done this work myself. When I started the intuitive eating path, I did it to lose weight. I literally enrolled in the course of intuitive eating to get some CEUs to continue to be a dietitian, <laughs> And I thought to myself, ooh, this is the thing that's finally going to fix me. I thought it was going to tell me the steps, the rules, the things I needed to do in order to be healthy and lose weight, <laughs> if I'm going to be honest. What I got out of the path was so much more than that. But a big piece of that was regaining trust in myself. I thought, oh my God, if I eat that thing that I have been avoiding or seen as a forbidden food for so long, I'm just going to gain a bunch of weight. I'm going to feel like crap. I'm going to be unhealthy. And while, you know, in the early stages of becoming an intuitive eater, I do see women, uh, you know, kind of go off the deep, I don't want to say off the deep end, but they tend the pendulum swings the opposite way and they do allow themselves to eat these foods. And maybe they have episodes of feeling not so great after eating a quote unquote forbidden food. But when they give themselves the opportunity to experiment and play with this concept of rejecting diet culture and rejecting this notion that there are good foods or bad foods, over time, they break down this wall and they start to learn this idea and concept of self-trust. And ironically, what happens, and this is the deep, deep irony, is that healthy choices, and I put air quotes around healthy because that's going to look very different for every person, but making choices that honor their body in the moment becomes easier and easier, and health is a natural result of that, right? The truth is, and you probably know this cognitively, but there's not one diet or eating plan that is going to fix you. Only you know your body and only your body knows the path to optimal health. And again, it's so interesting, but turning off that external noise for a while, which I call diet culture, might be the only true way to tap into that wisdom And it does require some bravery, right? Because it's against the grain of what we've done for so long, right? We've spent most of our lives thinking that there are good foods, there are bad foods. There is good exercise and bad exercise. And if we want the optimal health we want, then we have to do the things. We have to take the supplements. We have to go to this certain doctor. We have to fill in the blanks, right? It just goes on and on and on. So of course, it's going to be hard, It's going to feel hard to think, hmm, can I actually trust myself to know the right things to do for me? So fear is a result of the unknown. And that's okay. It's okay if you're feeling fear because we can experience emotions in tandem. We can experience depleted emotions like fear or anxiousness alongside the emotion of excitement and joy and content. Oftentimes we think it has to be one or the other, but as so many of us embark on this journey to food freedom, we will likely experience both. And oftentimes that experience will be together. We will feel fear and excitement at the same time. And the cool thing of this is also That as we allow those experiences of fear and excitement to ride the same wave, we will allow ourselves to deepen that trust. We will allow ourselves to deepen the trust and get closer to feeling that experience of complete liberation. All right, hang with me a little bit longer. I got a couple more things to tell you about this. But and again, you might be nodding your head and say to this follow, <laughs> to this upcoming thing I'll share that, Beth, yes, I know this, but health, optimal health is a lot bigger than just food itself. So many nutritionists and people out there on the Internet rely so heavily heavily on nutrition being that like one key to unlocking our greatest health potential And while I do sincerely feel that nutrition has a sincere role in our health, I often feel it's given way too much weight, pun intended. Okay. So, you know, you might be saying, well, yeah, I know that, you know, I need to move my body and take care of myself and do these other things to be healthy. But if you look at the diet culture message at large, a lot of the pressure is put on food that's where we go in our apps. We're tracking our calories or our macros, or we're reading over lists of good foods and bad foods. And those lists change depending on who you talk to, right? (laughs) One person will tell you that eggs are good for you. And the next person will say, "Uh uh-uh, they have way too much cholesterol. So what's the truth? And that's where I go back to the truth is inside of you, And the only way to discover how nutrition can be a source of your health potential is by relearning how to trust yourself. And that takes time. And that takes some resources and tips that I will be sharing in future podcasts here. But for now, it's important to recognize that your health is so much more than food. And while you might be, again, nodding your head, consider that there's so much more that affects your day-to-day health the movement that you participate, the exposure to toxins that you have in your environment, the lineage of generational trauma that shows up in your history, your mental health, right? All of these things contribute to us experiencing and achieving what we might define as optimal health. When we release diet culture, learn how to trust ourselves and come back to listening to our bodies, it's fascinating to see how nutrition actually falls a lot more easily into place. But this can't happen until we've completely rejected diet culture and given ourselves an opportunity to recalibrate. In fact, I've seen people, this is me included, where you go away from diet culture and maybe the pendulum swings, right? And you start eating foods that you considered forbidden. um, And you notice how your body feels. You do this from a place of curiosity. At least that's the idea and uh, the suggestion. But you start to notice, you know, I don't feel great when I eat this. I do feel good when I eat that. And it's interesting because some people find that their nutrition actually goes back to a place of eating the foods that maybe are associated with a specific diet plan they were previously on, right? But it's from a different mindset. It's from a different place that's more about self-care and trust and listening to the body and less about, oh, the nutritionist told me I should eat this way if I want to get what I want with my health, right? So it's just this idea of um, really stepping back and reframing how we approach nutrition. And I can say for myself, you know, there's elements of the way that I eat now that might look like a quote unquote diet plan, you know, but not really. <laughs> I just notice, you know, I tend to gravitate towards certain foods that feel really nourishing in my body and they align with the nutrition evidence, you know, as ex- an example, um, everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are so good for you, right? Right. But until I really ate fruits and vegetables from this place of, oh, this makes my body feel really good, I was always doing it from a place of, oh, I should be eating fruits and vegetables. I should force myself to eat them so I can get what I want. Now I eat fruits and vegetables because I crave them. I want them. It feels good in my body to eat fruits and vegetables on a regular basis. Do you notice the difference between the energy there? That can change everything. That's what food freedom is. It's this opportunity to really listen to the body and say, wow, I want this food because my body wants this food. It makes me feel good. Not, I have to eat this because if I don't, then this is what's going to happen. All right. So another thing I really want to share, and this is really normal when we're getting started on the intuitive eating path. By the way, little side note, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't really know what intuitive eating is, I will cover this more specifically in a future podcast, but I will suggest that you go purchase the fourth edition of Intuitive Eating by Evelyn Tribbley and Elise Resch. I think it's just a really great thing to have in your back pocket to reference. They even have a workbook they've written to go along with it. Both tools are really excellent and explain what intuitive eating is in a lot more detail. For the sake of this podcast, I assume you're either slightly uh, uh, familiar with intuitive eating, maybe you've read parts or all of the book, but you're here to really deepen your understanding of it and also experience not only the knowledge of intuitive eating, but the actual embodiment or the, the practice where you are the intuitive eater. And so again, if you haven't read the book and it intrigues you, you can get this book on audio (laughs) if you are an audio listener, likely if you're a podcast listener, you might be an audio listener. So they do have the book available on audio as well. Many libraries allow you to rent the audio or the hard copy version at no cost at all. In either case, back to what I was saying, and it's simply that a lot of people who get into intuitive eating, there's a lot of excitement initially, as I mentioned before, but it's followed by this intense fear. And what we often forget is that the intuitive eating pathway includes 10 principles. And the first few principles are, well, let me just read them off to you. They're rejecting the diet mentality, learning to honor your hunger and making peace with food. And I find when I work with someone rather new to intuitive eating, they tend to focus on these three principles. And especially the first principle, it's almost this form of activism to say, you know what? I'm going to set some boundaries. I am so tired of doing things the way society wants me to do them. So they go into this rebellion, right? I call this the diet rebel. She comes out. She's this voice inside of us that says, you know what? screw the man. I'm going to to do things my way. I'm going to eat whatever I want and I'm going to, you know, (laughs) screw what happens to my body. I am just going to do the thing because I am so tired of being constrained by these darn food rules and these exercise prescriptions and the way that I quote unquote should do it, right? And good on you. Like if you've been through that phase, like that's okay. The diet, There's nothing wrong with that kind of rebellious feeling. But if you want to have food freedom, and experience optimal health, the truth is that you can't just practice the first principle or the first few. You have to practice all 10 together. And we call it a practice because it is just that, right? You don't just read the book and instantly know how to do it. Oftentimes it requires the the support of a community or a one-to-one counselor. That's why I do the work that I do. I love helping women. Step through all of the different challenges that can come along with embodying each principle of intuitive eating, and also doing work that the intuitive eating book doesn't even go into. Right, I, I love to take women deeper and start to shed the deeper layers that hold them back from that food freedom experience. But you can't just practice a couple of the of the um, the principles. You have to practice them as an entire ten principle practice. Okay, that might actually be a great podcast topic for another day, but it is something just to light your fire and ignite some curiosity. So here's the last thing I want to share with you on this path to food freedom, especially if you're someone who wants to bridge food freedom with optimal health, your biggest asset in this process is to stay curious and to question everything. If you're like me and you might be because you're listening to this podcast, you already question everything. And that's why you're here. You've decided or figured out, you've hit that diet rock bottom and you're like, I can't do this anymore. I question what is this diet culture? Who are these people motivating me to lose weight? Do I even need to lose weight? You are you have a lot of questions in your mind already. And I invite you to continue asking those questions continue staying curious about what's coming up for you. I love to use tools like journaling or contemplation just to really spend some time with yourself, staying in that curious mindset, because what I know to be true, and this goes for everything in life, not just food freedom, but curiosity opens up awareness and awareness is what leads to that optimal healing. So in this episode, uh, I did cover quite a few things, but some of the big take-home points were that food freedom can be bridged to optimal health. In fact, I'm going to dare to say it, but I believe that it's the only way to experience optimal health because the path to food freedom requires learning or relearning how to trust yourself again. And you can't do that by staying in, in diet culture. It's just not possible. So you're going to feel some fear. And that's also really normal. I had it. Most all of my clients have it too. You're not alone. But breaking through that fear is possible. And the irony is that the eating plans never did work. They never will. And the only option is to dive into the deep end and discover that self-trust is still there deep inside. And along with it is your route to optimal health. All right. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. It's always a joy. And I want to just say this here because I sincerely mean it, but if you have any ideas or thoughts about what you'd like me to share in this podcast, please email me. I'd love to hear from you. My email will be in the show notes, but it's Beth at BethBasham.com. Pretty simple and straightforward. If you have a podcast idea or something you'd like me to cover, just shoot me an email. Let me know. Uh, I'd love to hear what you have to have to say and what you want to hear about. Um, it's really what brings me so much joy. All right. I'll sign off for now, but I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening in today. I am so grateful. If you enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you share it with a friend who might also benefit. And if you want even more support on your food and body journey, please check the show notes for information about my free Facebook group and private coaching opportunities. See you next time.